0: This is a podcast where spaghetti.
1: <laughs> really, God. why did you have to scream? Back the mic? to spaghetti.
0: Spaghetti. Oh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with this person?
2: Uh. Welcome back to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons Adventure. I'm your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined today by four friends.
0: Hey
1: guys, it's Jeremy.
3: I play Sutsaurus.
0: I'm Jeffrey, and I play Sir
3: Cure. <laughs> I'm Alan, and I play Jim. No, you don't. No, wait. I play Brackle.
2: <laughs> I tricked him! That's accurate. <laughs> Got him.
3: <laughs> I play
2: Sir Vance off the wall. Uh, uh, You're going to say that you play Brackle? Did you say Brackle? I think so. Hi, my name is Alan, <laughs> and I play Brackle. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Probably.
4: Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Misk.
2: Welcome back to season two. It's time for episode two. We've got our new party ready to roll. Some interesting things happening with Brackle and his friend Lelia. To discover, and will they kill Saul or not?
0: Yes, we will. Probably. You mean
2: Sutsaris? Mm-hmm. Let me roll this giant D20, shall I? Roll it! So don't, to see. Don't do it. How things will go. Oh. What is it? What is it? What is it? 16. Man, you rolled well so far. Rolling pretty good. I mean, last time I rolled an 18, and Kjorg annihilated the groinal region of Sutsaris. Let's try something a little different, shall we? Jeremy, why don't you tell us what happened last time on make believe Heroes?
0: Last time. Don't ask me because I don't remember. Jeffrey would have no idea. Even if this even is though a, we just recorded the episode right before this.
1: Even
2: though it was literally 10 minutes ago.
1: So we met some new characters. We met Brackle, a mm-hmm. brooding woodsman. And we learned a little bit about Branshire. It's a town. There's a festival going on. It seems like the townsfolk aren't necessarily it's t- happy with what's going on in town at the, mo- at the moment. We met... Misk and Kjorg running some sort of boxing ring, and uh, stepping out of the Nine Hells itself, Saul came blasting onto the scene and found out he's not as strong as he thought he was and was deftly handled by Kiorg. It was very painful.
2: Deftly. It was I,
1: awesome. I don't even want to imagine the pain that Saul's in right now. Saul is very confused, doesn't really understand what's going on, has decided to go with these folks over to the Barley Barrel. Oh, there was one other thing. There was a, a man with a rapier that stopped and talked to Kyorg in particular. Mm. Like mm-hmm. he's, uh, mm-hmm. he might have some lucrative work for Kyorg in the future.
0: We can get 30 horses.
1: Indeed, indeed.
0: Instead of one horse. 30. 30 horses instead. Of, and exactly. A fence. And a fence. I've always wanted a fence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we begin with Brackle. Brackle. That's me. Brackle. You're standing in the middle of a crowded street, and suddenly you feel the need to perhaps be stealthy. You don't want to be seen. I make a stealth check. Make me that stealth check. For you've noticed that, rather than your beautiful companion and friend, Lelia, manning your booth while you were over-checking out the battle going on up the street, there is an imposing, scowling figure standing behind your desk, and Lelia is nowhere in sight. I roll a seven. All right. I'm going to give you advantage, because here's the thing. You're in the middle of a crowded street. This guy's just kind of looking around. He doesn't... You don't know what's going on, so I'm going to give you advantage. I roll a 20. Wow, a natural Ooh. 20 or a non-natural 20? Unnatural. <laughs> Un- unnatural. <laughs> uh, so, a modified 20... Good, clean 20. ...is more than enough to overcome the passive perception of this dude. You blend in with the crowd. What is your goal here, Brackle.
3: My goal is to 1 figure out where Layla is, 2 figure out what these dudes are doing here, and 3 gut them if they're neer to else. Okay. So, what's your first step? Uh, I put my right foot forward. Okay. Then I put my left foot in front of that. Thank you. How do you go about trying to accomplish this goal? I blend in with the crowd. Act like, you know, I'm not even not interested in that booth, kind of walk by. And as I do, surreptitiously survey the booth and its surrounding areas to see, one, where is Lelia? Two, who is this dude? What's he doing here? And is there anyone else who looks to be of his sort?
2: Okay. So you walk past the booth trying to blend in and look inconspicuous. Roll me a perception check. That would be an 18. Dirty. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to say dirty. It feels dirty. So you, you, with an 18, you notice that this gentleman is tall, muscular. He looks sort of like a uh, a bouncer.
0: But is he a gentleman, though?
2: No, he's not. But you also notice that behind him, there's another figure, a shorter figure that seems to be digging around on tables behind the desk like he's looking for something. You see no sign of Lelia. You see the crowd, you see other booths set up side by side, and, of course, you see where your all's booth is set up. Directly beside and behind your booth, there is an alleyway cutting into, like, the residence and houses and apartments that the booth is set up in front of.
3: Okay. So I try to approach nonchalantly. Okay. But also in such a way where, as much as I can, I won't be in the lookout's direct line of sight. So that I can, whenever I walk up, if I can do this, I want to take my sword, hold it to the one guy's back, and plant. So the other guy's hunched over, digging through stuff.
2: Yeah, so think about it kind of like a U desk is set up. You've got two sides and then a main table in the front. That's the way the booth is set up. The primary muscular dude is standing behind the primary desk that is facing toward the center of the street. And he's got his arms crossed and a scowl on sort of looks like he's trying to come off as grumpy and uninviting so that people won't come up and try to buy the pelts that are hanging all over the other guy is digging around on one of the side desks underneath it and around it looking for something
3: okay i want to see if i can maneuver in such a way where simultaneously i get my short sword in the guy's back and can kind of kick the other guy down and put my boot on his back preferably the back of his neck
2: So you're wanting to sneak around behind it and come in from behind the tables. Yes. Okay. I'm going to need another stealth check. Okay. Normal or advantage? Normal on this one. You're sort of having to separate from the crowd a little bit here. This is a 14. Oh, boy. Okay, so... Kill him! What happened? So the one that is looking forward, that is, you know, scowling and everything... You come around to the side, making your way right behind him, and he seems completely oblivious to your presence. You step around, and you draw your short sword, right? And your plan is to stick the point of it into the back of the other man, threateningly.
3: The the standing, scowling man.
2: Yes, that's, that's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. Your plan is to stick the point of your sword up to the back of the menacing man, and then to sort of... Put your foot on the other guy?
3: Trying to, as simultaneously as I can, but favoring getting my sword in the guy's back, mm-hmm. or at the guy's back, kick the other guy down and put my foot on, on his back, if I can, on the back of his neck, but if it's not feasible position-wise, just on his back.
2: Okay, so the scowling guy looks forward, he does not see you, you step up behind them and the other one is digging around through the pelts and looking under there. Pretty obviously, you can tell he they look like ruffians, he seems to just be looking for gold. Now that you're back behind here, you get a better look. and There's still no sign of Lelia. Okay. You draw your sword, slowly sliding it out of the sheath. Very quietly, you've done this many times when hunting game. But probably just because of fear, right as you're about to get the last part of your sword unsheathed, it clinks just a little bit. And the scowling guy seems oblivious yet, but the one that's crouched down to the side looks up and makes eye contact with you.
3: Uh, am I able to kick him while he's down?
2: You you can try, yes. Roll me an attack roll.
3: Okay, I want to kick him. Trying to knock him okay. down. Trying to pin him. I understand. I'm assuming this, would, the, would this be strength?
2: So, are you wanting to, is your is your goal to kick him or to pin him? Pin him. Okay, so we'll call this a grappling check.
3: Yeah, let's do it.
2: Grappling. So that's strength. Uh Uh-huh. So that is a 10. Oh my gosh, dude, I swear. When you rolled last time, you got a 14, I got a 14. I just rolled, and I got a 10. Uh (laughs) I kid you not. You can't make this crap up. It's destiny. You step over and try to take your foot and kind of trip him and pin him, and he just slips just out of the way, and you're unable to do so. But he hasn't cried out yet because you sort of caught him off guard. He looks like he's trying to get his voice. Does that make sense?
3: Yes. So since he's kind of on the ground anyway, I put my sword to the other guy's back, but keep my eyes locked with this guy Okay. and say, where's the young woman who was at this booth?
2: So you take the point of your sword and you touch it to the back of the big strong guy. Yes. And then you're you're addressing the other one. Yes. Okay.
3: I'm addressing anyone who's hearing.
2: Give me an intimidation check.
3: That is a nine. Nine.
2: Un, un, freaking believable. <laughs>
4: That's weird, y'all.
3: Urella died.
4: Yes, he really did.
2: Unbelievable.
4: Like it's right there.
2: Let me see, hang on a second. I need to. I need to check one thing here. He could have just. He could have beat you out. Let's see. No, his charisma is a ten, so huh. it's, it's a none. I mean, it's a none. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third roll in a row. So the one that's on the ground slowly begins to stand up tall, and his hand slowly goes toward his hip where there is a short sword, and he says, "Look, pal, I don't think you want any trouble here." warning has got nothing to do with it. You brought it. It's here. The one that has the tip of your sword stuck to his back is intimidated by you. He's standing very still, and he's breathing very short, just trying not to move. He doesn't want to, you know, end up with a sword through his back. The other guy says, Look, if you know what's good for you, you'll just get on down the street. We've already taken claim to this booth. Kill him.
0: Kill him dead. Kill him.
3: So, if you... If you would like to walk away from here, you can. You just have to tell me
2: where Lelia is. Uh, big guy, how are you gonna do? You gonna stick my pal there with your sword? And the big guy says, Hey, don't 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 push him. Don't don't push him, man. You where is she? He turns his head back to look a little bit at the other guy, and the other guy just sort of gives him a shake of the head, like, Don't you say a word. Uh I don't know what you mean.
3: I step forward and stab the guy in front
2: of me. You just... Oh, gosh. I pivot. <laughs> he pivots. Pivot. pivot.
4: Pivot. It's about to get real. Which,
2: which one are you stabbing? The, the one who... The small one or the big one? The small one. Okay. So you just take a step and you want to just kind of spin and stab at him? Yep. Okay. Roll me an attack roll. That is... Brackle's a silent killer. Just so you know, he's a sociopath. It's a 12. Uh, 12 isn't great, but we are level one right now. So let's see what Here happens. we are. A 12 meets. Ooh. It what? It meets. Meets. Yep, so that's a hit. Oh, okay. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it's the same. <laughs> it's a 12. His AC's a 12.
4: It hits, man. Roll
2: him the dematch. Four. Okay. So, you step up and you stab him right through the midriff, and he lets out a yell, and as soon as the big guy feels the point of the sword leave him, he turns and lunges at you. And let's roll us an initiative right here.
3: Let's roll us an initiative. I got a natural 20, which means it's a 23.
2: Wow, well done. Get it. Okay. Okay. So, Brackle, you're going to go first. Yeah, you Brackle. stab the, the short guy. He lets out a cry, and the big one turns around to lunge at you, but you have an opportunity to react. What do you do?
3: I spin and use the momentum while he's running at me to stab at him, and I say, where is
2: she? Mm, I love it. All right, roll it.
3: Wait a minute. Is this Batman?
2: Where's Rachel?
3: <laughs> Where's the detonator? Uh, 14.
2: <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. 14 is a hit. Yeah, it is. Roll me the DiMaggio.
3: Hit him. The John DiMaggio? It's an eight.
2: Oof. Okay, so you turn and the dude's ru- he's lunging towards you and you use the momentum of his drive to just shove your short sword up into his chest and he coughs a big spurt of blood <laughs> onto your face. And he's not dead, but from the look on his face, he really doesn't want to die today.
3: There are clerics around here. I'll go get one if you just tell me where she is.
2: The little guy's going to get an opportunity to react here. Wow. He draws his sword and goes to swing at you. But when he does, his foot catches on probably one of the pelts that he's been digging through, and he just misses, just breezes right past you. And you say that up into the face of this big guy who's now leaning over into your sword, and he says, <coughs> she's, she's in the alleyway.
3: So I uh, pull the sword out of him. Okay. And I say, she better be okay.
2: The little guy says, what are you doing? It's the big guy's turn, but he is going to fall down and put both hands over the wound on his chest. Okay. What do you do? It's now your turn.
3: So the other guy...
2: Mm -hmm. He's still standing there with a sword in his hand.
3: Yeah. So the alley. If I go to the alley, will I lose sight of them?
2: Mm, Possibly. Not necessarily. You won't lose sight of them, but you'll have to go far enough away from them that if, say, they tried to run, I mean... There'd be nothing you could do about it except turn around and chase him. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Well, the guy's got a sword on me. So I say, You want to drop that?
2: Yeah, sure. As soon as you're dead.
3: I say, Nothing. And stab him. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Get him. This time it's a 13. That's
2: also a hit.
3: You
4: done went and hit him.
3: Healing. That's nine damage.
0: Ooh.
2: So how does it look when you murderate this
3: guy? Uh, this time I stab him, and it's right through the throat. Just
2: so oh it. goodness,
3: dude's vicious. Is this the the villain of this this season? Like
2: you, yeah, you bring your short sword right up into his throat, and blood just comes out around it, and his eyes roll back in his head, and he falls to the ground and bleeds out on the dirt. His buddy is sitting there going, "Oh gosh, Billy, oh man." <laughs> Oh, Billy, you're dead.
3: I lean down, wipe the blood off my sword on the guy's cloak. Oh my gosh. Just put it in my scabbard, <laughs> look at the guy who's still around and say, it didn't have to be this way, and walk to the alley.
2: Okay. You make your way over toward the alley. You just walk right in.
3: Just walk right in.
2: You walk right into the alley and you see in the back three guys. Two of them are holding a limp figure. One is fastening a rope to the figure's hands, and one is fastening a rope to their feet. And the other one is just sort of standing watch. And he immediately makes eye contact with you, and he sees you standing there, I assume still holding your sword. I'll put it in
3: my scabbard. Oh, yeah, that's right. But now, it's back out.
2: Okay, so you draw your sword?
3: Yeah. Actually, how far ahead of me are they?
2: Uh, Probably a good 30 feet, 40 feet.
3: If they're in range where I could get up and strike now, then... That, otherwise, I instead of my sword, I go for my longbow.
2: Hmm. I'm going to say moving from the booth to where they are, you couldn't get there in one turn.
3: Okay, so I pull out my longbow. Okay. And train it on one of them and say, put her down. Which one are you aiming at? So who's who's got his grubby hands on her? There are
2: two of them. So I aim it at the one who is tying rope. They're both tying a rope. One's doing it around her feet and one's doing it around her hands. So one's on the feet end and one's on the head end. Flip a
3: coin. One of those two. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, the, the,
2: whichever one's closest to me. They're equidistant, so I'm <laughs> going to say the feet. <laughs> the feet. Sorry, I'm not trying to make this difficult. <laughs> oh, but, goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, go Alan, ahead. you <laughs> must choose. Who will you slay? <laughs> roll me an attack roll. Uh, well, I was gonna I'm, I'm going to say that Brackle would probably go for the feet in the event that he were to miss. Okay.
3: So sense. yeah. So whenever I say that, do do they do anything?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you weren't just making. The one in the front says, "Who are you?" I fire an arrow. <laughs> "I'm Batman." Okay. He does not talk about it. Uh that is a 23. Yeah, I think that hits probably. Yeah. That's higher than 12, right? I don't I don't a know. Little. I forgot how math yeah. works.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close.
2: So that's eight damage. so the one that is holding her feet and trying to tie a rope around them she's not struggling you get the impression that she's unconscious takes an arrow right to the soft spot above his hip bone and he lets out a scream and just lets go and her lower half hits the dirt the other guy actually uh, is so shocked and just taken off guard that he lets go too and she hits the dirt now it's their turn the one that's in front as the lookout, he reaches to his waist and pulls up a crossbow, and he fires it at you. Pew, pew. <laughs> There's a 13, hit your AC. Nah. Nah.
0: Danked.
2: His crossbow bolt flies wide, and you get the picture that he's probably not really that good with it.
3: I grab the bolt, fling it back at him, hit him right between the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of damage. Mm,
2: Spider-Man, except you don't do that. That's a lot uh, of damage. Let's see. Now, the one that just released her feet is going to stagger back, and he's going to draw a sword and run toward you. How, how close to, to him did you get? I got as close as I could. I'm going to say that you probably got about 30 feet away. I mean, if you got to the end of the alleyway, that was, yeah. it was 30 feet to there. The reason you couldn't get there in one turn is because you walked from the booth, which is probably like 10 feet. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. So he can just get to you. This one is an 18. Does that hit your AC? Yes. Also, you're not currently wielding your shield, right? Right. My AC is 15 without my shield. But with it's a 17, man. That's pretty good for a first level character. Okay, you're going to take four slashing damage as he runs forward wielding what looks like a pretty rudimentary scimitar-like sword and he slashes across your chest. Brackle doesn't even grunt. Nice. And the other one is on the ground. He is going to try and pick himself up and run. And he is running, but his movement is halved due to this very nasty wound he has in his side. So he gets about halfway there, and he's running toward you because that's the only way out. So it's your turn. It's
3: my turn. So I drop my bow and grab my sword.
2: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, okay. That's fine.
3: And then I uh, look at this guy who just mm-hmm. slashed at me and... My eyes say nothing. Nothing. It's a 21. Yep.
4: 21.
3: It's a seven. Which one was this? The one that... um, The one who just slashed me. Okay. Seven total? Seven total. Four plus three.
2: So you slash your short sword across his chest, and he lets out a cry as it cuts him deep, but he just staggers back and holds on to his short sword, ready to come back in for another swipe. I continue to glare at him. I don't break eye
3: contact, but I still see everything in my periphery.
2: <laughs> the one that is back by Lelia is going to. So, reloading a crossbow, does that take a bonus action? How does that work? It's an action. It's an action to reload a crossbow? Yes.
0: You sure? Pretty sure.
2: He's going to drop his crossbow, draw his weapon, seeing his opportunity to flank you and run towards you as well. That is a 15. It's a hit, Tracy.
3: It can be an action or a bonus action, according to... A, that's okay. Yeah.
2: I kind of thought it could be, but that's all right. You, It's a 15. That hits you, right? That, yeah. Because I'm not... So,
3: Wait. Yeah, I didn't pull my... I don't guess I pulled my shield out with my sword.
2: No. That is a... Uh, that's five damage. Okay. Okay. So, what's your current hit point value? Like... Three. Five? Three? Oh, boy. Mm. Brackle still doesn't even wince. The <laughs> other guy... That is standing there with the sword. He is going to take this opportunity to swipe at you as well. Uh, This one is a miss. So the other guy rushing forward, I guess, kind of threw him off kilter. He misses. The wounded one is staggering toward, kind of whimpering, heading toward the exit. And he crests the end of the alleyway, hoping to simply blend in with the crowd. And at that moment, someone steps out of the crowd. And you hear a whip through the air. As a very thin and slender blade just comes across that staggering man's throat, and he bleeds out onto the ground and falls down dead. Do you turn to see what happened? No. So I know you're intently staring at this other guy's eyes. I turn,
3: but the whole time I'm still staring in this guy's eyes mm-hmm. while I've got my head completely
2: turned around. <laughs> I see. Okay, like mm. that's impossible, but okay.
3: <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't turn.
2: Okay, so now it is your turn again. So
3: there's the guy behind me who just got cut, and there's two guys in front of me. So I go for I go for the guy who is the most injured, and I also want to draw my shield. Okay. So I draw my shield, and then holding it in front of me, uh huh. I kind of do a stab over the shield. It's like a small little buckler, you know, like a round mm-hmm.
2: shield. So which one are you going for?
3: Going for the one who I've hit before. Okay. It's a twenty three.
2: Good lord. Damage is a seven. So how does it look when you kill that guy?
3: This time I just kinda of stab him through the ribs. Okay. Because I was kinda of doing like this and Yeah, like top down. Top down. So it kinda of goes like right where his heart's at in the ribs. So not right. like lower ribs, but like upper ribs.
2: Okay, you stab the sword down to his chest, piercing his heart, and he just goes limp. Falling onto the ground, holding his chest. At this point, the other one that rushed forward and slashed you before says, What are you doing here? You should just leave us alone. You should never have walked into this alleyway. I shouldn't have. There's still a way out of this alive. He still swipes at you, but it's only a 13. Yeah, and my armor class is
3: back up to 17.
2: Okay, so it bounces off of your shield as you sort of period out of the way. At this moment as he swipes at you and misses he sort of staggers as he looks over and this tall figure dressed in dark nondescript clothing with dark black hair with streaks of whitish gray silver and steps forward with a rapier in his hand Mm -hmm. and he says allow me and he jabs the rapier forward. Wow. Um natural 20.
0: What?
2: This is not good.
0: It is good.
1: Did you think he was stabbing Alan?
2: Jeez Louise.
1: It's not good because the DM's rolling so well.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. He deals him 16 damage. 11 minus 16 is negative 5, so he's negative 5 dead. <laughs> he steps forward. The dude has full health. He thinks he's probably going to take you down because you're bleeding. And then this guy steps forward and says, allow me, and drives a rapier into the heart of this brigand. The guy sort of gives an... <coughs> And then just falls back dead onto the ground.
0: And blood sprays out of the hole. Yeah, it
2: squirts about six feet high.
3: Brackle drinks it in. Oh, I'm just Sick.
2: You guys are freaks. Let it rain. Okay. <laughs>
3: so Brackle kind of steps back to the side. He keeps his shield and his sword in his hand, but he doesn't raise them threateningly. They're still at the ready, though. And he says, thanks for the assist.
2: You're welcome. I happen to be walking by, it seems, at just the right time. I have no doubt that you can handle yourself, but any single man can be unmatched when he's outnumbered in such a way. Quite so. But I have to say, I'm I'm quite impressed with your ability to stand for yourself. It wasn't for
3: me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to tend to my friend. Yes, of course. And I, again, keep my uh, weapons in hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And... So suspicious. Walk towards Lelia mm-hmm. uh carefully watching the guy but not make trying not to make it obvious that I'm watching him and cut her free and try to make sure she's okay.
2: He has sort of an understanding look on his face, like he gets it. He doesn't approach you, he doesn't offer to help, he just sheathes his rapier, places his hands across his chest, folds his arms, and just looks, you know, ready if you need help.
3: So whenever I see him put his rapier away, I set my short sword and shield down after I've already cut the ropes with my sword. Yes. And, and then I, I try to rouse Lelia. Lelia, you okay?
2: She is slow to come to, but she's sort of groggily. Oh, uh, my. And she reaches up and touches her head, and, and there's a big bruise right on her temple. It's just a little bit of blood, but nothing severe. Looks like she just took a blow right to the temple.
3: Say, are you okay? Br- Brackle? Where are we? We're in an alley behind our booth.
2: What ha- what happened? My
3: my head. Some scum attacked you and tried to rob our booth.
2: Uh oh, yes, I remember now. There was there were three men, I think one of them grabbed me and the other one just i remember turning just in time to see his fist did they did they take our pelts did they take the money no they only lost today i don't understand she she looks and she sees the cuts on your chest and she reaches up Br- brackle you're wounded you're bleeding i'm okay no 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 we we need to go to the barrel we need to get you some bandages we need to do something right away and she looks over and she sees this mysterious figure standing there. She says, uh, hello, who who are you? And he just sort of looks at you, Brackle. Kind of like he doesn't want to insert himself into the situation. He helped. Ma'am, I simply saw an opportunity to help. Your friend here was certainly, well, he did all the the real work. I just stepped in and offered what help I could. Darn right. But she is right. Uh, is your name my right? She said Brackle. That's right. I think perhaps you should get some medical attention. And speaking of the barley barrel, if you'd like, I, I'm actually heading there myself. Perhaps I could accompany you.
3: I would appreciate that. Although, we need to see that
2: Lelia's gets
3: tended to first. That welt on her head does not look good.
2: Uh, of course. I'm sure that they'll have provisions for such things at the inn. Would you like to come with me? Sure.
3: Oh, there was one guy still alive. Uh, I'd like to take him to the constabulary.
2: Okay. And he turns around and heads toward the booth with his hand on his rapier hilt. You go after him? I said, alive to question. But I stick with Lelia. He doesn't respond, but he he just continues forward. But you you get the, the idea that he probably heard you. You help Lelia to her feet. Do you begin walking toward the end of the alley?
3: I walk toward the end of the alley.
2: You walk toward the end of the alley just sort of carefully and... This man turns, he's coming back towards you. He says, there's some blood, but it would appear that whoever was there has left.
3: He was gravely wounded, so we should alert the, the guards to watch it, the clerics and apothecaries for such a rough written.
2: Did you recognize any of these men? Were they shearings?
3: No. No one in Branshire would do something like this.
2: Yes, of course you're right. I just, you know, just due diligence and all. Perhaps we should make our way to the barrel. Let's go. Let us. And he turns and he offers to help you with Lelia, sort of let her rest like an arm on his shoulder as well as yours. Because she's not, you know, she's not wounded, but with a head injury like that, she is sort of staggering. And the three of you make your way through the street toward the barley barrel. Hello, everyone. hope that you're enjoying this episode so far as we dig deeper into the city of Branshire with our new characters. With the launch of Season 2, we're excited to get into some new areas with our podcast. First of which is by welcoming a new sponsor to the show, which I'm sure that you all heard about last week, DiceEnvy.com. DiceMV.com is a website where you can go and purchase unique and interesting dice for your gaming table. But not only can you buy specific sets of dice from DiceEnvy.com, you can also enlist in their monthly subscription service. Starting at just $5 a month, they send out a monthly curated set of dice that you can't find anywhere else. Limited run dice. It's like opening a Christmas present once per month. And it's the perfect gift for your favorite gamer. You should go now, check that out at DiceEnvy.com, peruse their selection of dice, pick out some awesome metal dice or what have you, or sign up for their subscription service. And if you do that, use the promo code HEROES at the checkout to get 10% off of your first month. You should go right now, drop 50 bucks down for a year sub, maybe give it to your favorite gamer or friend. That's DiceEnvy.com to take care of all your gaming dice needs. Speaking of DiceMv.com, we're excited to do the first of many Dice giveaways that we're going to be doing here on Make Believe Heroes. So for this first one that we're doing, you guys are going to have two weeks to enter in. So at midnight, Sunday, November the 11th, we'll be cutting off all submissions for this contest. On Monday, November the 12th, when episode four releases, we will announce the winner of of this beautiful set of purple dice. They're called the Cosmos Dice from DiceNV.com, which were chosen by our very own Alan, themed after our favorite warlock, Jimalil Karth. So how can you enter, you might say? It's very simple. All that you have to do is go to your social media, your favorite social media, whatever that might be, follow us and recommend our show with a link to the show, and tag us in it. Now, we are only on Twitter and Facebook, but if you want to put a post on, say, Instagram or Tumblr or what have you, that is also fine. You just need to let us know. So, share a link to the show. Give a little blurb about why your friends, why those that are following you, should give it a listen. Recommend us, either by tagging us if it's on Facebook or Twitter, or by taking a screen grab or a link and emailing it to us at letters at makebelieveheroes.com. For each one of these that we receive, you will get entered into the contest. And if you'd like an extra entry, so if you want to have double chance of getting chosen for these free dice, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcasting service that you might use that allows reviews like Stitcher. Just write us a review and send us a screen grab of that. You can do it on Twitter, Facebook, or you can email it to us. Any of those are fine. Now, you might be thinking, I already wrote you a review. That's fine. If you've already written us a review, just go on to the service where you posted that review, take a screen grab, and send that to us, and we will enter you into the contest again. So two ways you can enter. One, by recommending us on your social media, tagging us, or sharing that with us, posting a link to the show, or by leaving us a five-star review and sending that to us, or sending us a picture of one that you have already left. That's all you got to do. And if you do that, we'll enter you in, and in two weeks, you have a chance to win these awesome, beautiful purpley, gem-flavored dice from DiceEnvy.com. If you've subscribed to our mailing list at MakeBelieveHeroes.com, then you'll get a detailed explanation of this contest soon in your email. If you haven't done so, then you should go do so right now, because that's always going to be the first and best way that you can hear about all the giveaways that we're going to be doing and anything else exciting and new that we've got going with the show or the website. As always, if you've enjoyed the sound effects that you've heard in this episode, awesome music, the Sword slashing, all of those things, explosions, basically anything that you can imagine. You can find those at BattleBards.com. And you should go and subscribe to their Prime sub to use it at your table using the code MBHPODCAST to get that sweet 15% off. Now for some of those sweet five-star reviews, which we have received over 70, and you guys rock for that. This is actually the first five-star review that we ever received for the show, and it was from Rosie underscore Ravenclaw. This review is entitled, Sneak Attack of the South, which in itself is an incredible compliment. This podcast is off to a great start. Uh, That was after the first episode released, so I'm hoping that you have followed along with us all this time. And if you had, you should holler at us on Facebook or Twitter and let us know. Secondly, we have a review from ASPCX entitled, Great Show. I've only just started listening, but the DM sets the scene amazingly. The story thus far has me greatly intrigued. I look forward to hearing of the great journey to come. You guys should be proud. Thanks so much, ASPCX. We are very proud. And if I'm supposed to pronounce that in some way, aspects, 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 maybe it's aspects. I'm not sure. ASPCX, you are the one that is amazing. Thank you so much for the review. So if you don't follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you can do so. We are at mbhpodcast on Twitter or facebook.com slash mbhpodcast should go there, follow us, interact with us. We've been getting some interactions lately on Facebook for the first time since it's all new. And actually, Felicia is running that. So give her a shout out, say hello, and join the community. I think it's about time to get back to Brandshire now. Uh, one more thing. Keep your eyes and ears open for maybe a little something special around Halloween, perhaps. Maybe a few days after, we'll see. But uh, there just might be something spoopy headed your way. Now back to the show. my so, way downtown cross town slow there is an inn. It's a quaint little inn you know nothing fancy or flashy about the storefront
1: It's beneath an old gray hill
2: there is a sign and on the hanging sign in front of the door there is a lar- it's it's a picture of a large wooden barrel with barley leaves coming out the top of it and it says the barley barrel inside the inn. There are a number of tables scattered all around, a bar on the far end, and halflings and humans coming around serving food, going to and fro. And seated at one of the tables is a tiefling, a young woman, and an abnormally large half-orc. What are you doing?
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh. Oh.
4: Wow. wow. Okay, okay. So... What are you doing here? Talking to...
2: Sutsuras. Sutsu, Sutsu, I'm
4: sure. S-S-Surs. He's so serious.
1: What am I doing here? You... Just call me
2: Saul.
4: Okay, Saul.
2: What is this drink? You're drinking honeymead.
1: It tastes sweet. Yet tart.
4: Hmm.
2: Sweet is not something I know... I know savory. What about food?
4: Hey, waitress. Come you're, here.
2: You're wa- waving over uh, <laughs> well, one of I the servers. That's fine. Hey, you. There is a halfling lady walking by and she says, me?
4: Yeah. Yeah, you. Me? Yeah, I'm talking to you.
2: Oh, um, okay. Um, what can I do for you?
4: Well, this guy wants some food.
2: Oh, well, we've got, uh, we've got some. We'll have your best meats, only your best. Your best
1: wines. Bring them all to the table.
2: Oh, uh, I'm not sure we've really got many wines out at the moment. It's, uh, It's kind of early in the day.
1: Don't mind him. But we, you know, he looks across the table at her. Your peasants are very flippant.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, sir. She just kind of looks around the table uncomfortably. Food, go get it. I'm sorry, ma'am. Do you want me to kick this guy out of here? He's done it before. No, no, that's I mean, okay. Um, just you know, I'll I'll bring you some. I think we've got some ham. Would you like some ham?
4: That sounds great.
2: Some bread and cheese. Just
4: bring us a platter of ham and cheese, and some
2: smashed yeah. potatoes.
4: Smashed potatoes, I love smashed potatoes.
0: Roasted pig, just like this guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: got <him. laughs>
2: All right, uh, I'll be right out with that. And um, <laughs> would you like some more meat, or is that not yes, please? Not to your you. liking. Okay, all right. She Only turns. water for me. I need oh. hydration. Uh, of course, she turns and heads back toward the kitchens.
0: Are all of you like this? Everyone
1: just talks to each other like, there's, where's your nobility? Do you have a king? I'm the people's champion. You're the people's <laughs> champion. <laughs> uh. Yeah, he is. So yeah. whenever someone comes from another dimension, the first thing you do is attack them
0: for show, for quench. listen You t- tried to treat me like a slave.
4: Whoa, whoa. Don't get mad, Kjorg. You deserve. it. Remember where we are.
1: Half orcs, yes. Orcs, half orcs, they're usually lesser denizens of the army. Yeah.
0: Do you even know where you are? Uh, the natural plane.
4: Yeah,
0: it's very natural.
4: Why'd you come up here? I mean, why'd you leave? I mean,
2: come up here.
1: Yeah. What? Come up here. I'm gonna roll insight on her saying come up here. You said you were from the non-hills far earlier. You you, it you it have there, said yeah. that you
2: were from the non-hills, <laughs> but you can roll me an insight check still. Do
1: it. It's a seventeen on the dice. I do not have a modifier for
2: that. Okay. Roll me a deception check, I guess, Misk.
4: Oh, we got that ain't good. Uh oh, <laughs> no
2: we have us a crit failure. Oh, here.
0: Done.
4: oh I'm like- done. Good I'm job. Done.
2: So I'm actually going to say that when he says that, it throws you off kilter a little bit.
4: What do you mean? I mean, you you said you're from the hells, the Nine hells, you know.
2: When when you say that, you sort of hiccup. Like hiccup, sneeze, and your illusion, your disguised self, like blinks. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> one sneezes. Can we just
3: use that? One? Your uh,
2: <laughs> your disguised self sort of blinks for just a second <laughs> as you sneeze slash hiccup, and
4: excuse me, sorry.
2: So you, you don't recognize her. But you definitely know now that there's something 110% fishy about this Misk character, who she has not even revealed her name. Right. Saul uh, takes
1: one leg and throws it up on the table on another one and crosses it. Oh, my. Pulls a Mm -hmm. cigar
0: out of his... I push his legs off the table. (laughs) 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 Let Uh, me finish. Do it. Uh, Oh, you're half-orc. And he pulls out
1: a cigar and he just... Toothy smile grins, takes a long draw of it, and sits back in his seat, blows smoke at it, and says, So, what was your name? Where are you from? That's a nice spell you have. Does it hide your tail well? <laughs> and he brings his tail up and, like, slaps the edge of the table.
2: You did get a glimpse of
1: some horns.
4: Tail? What are, what are you talking about?
1: Tail. And he slaps the table again. And also, your horns are showing. Or they were for a moment there.
4: First of all, it's inappropriate to uh, stare at someone's horns. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, Georg, where's that waiter at?
2: My eyes are down here, sir.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> waiter. Anywho,
4: um, I'm kind of hungry. Where's she at? I mean, go on.
1: Where's she at? What's your name again? Are you, are you, are you are you just gonna tell me? I find it very disrespectful for one to address a prince without
0: giving her true name. (laughs) Like you can talk about disrespect. Oh, got you.
2: Jorg, roll me an insight check.
0: Where's servants when you need him? I know, right? It's a 17 plus whatever my insight is.
2: (laughs) Okay, that's pretty good. I had you roll that to see if you are able to sort of pick up on the fact that she doesn't want Saul to know her name. She doesn't. And you do. She does not, and you realize now that she's purposefully avoiding it. You have no idea why she would do so, but you do know that she's a tiefling.
4: Mm, you're, you say you're a prince, but to me it looked like you just got your tail, might I add, handed to you by right. the people's champion, and then you say you're a prince. I just don't believe it. I mean, Did where's
1: the proof? Your powers diminish after you made the transition. And he, like, leans across the table. I feel like you should uh, lean back away from me.
4: Get out of my face.
1: Which of the high houses are you from?
4: I'm about to show you a high house. Like, <laughs> like, get out of my face. Kjorg, I'm starting to get a little aggravated at this guy. I mean, can you, you know, punch him right in the face?
0: Are you just... I pull his tail.
2: <laughs> what do you do? What do you, what's your plan here?
0: I just want to pull him back in the seat by his tail.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you pull him back in his seat uh, by your tail.
4: When he does that, I'm going to kind of feel like I gained the floor back <laughs> and kind of just lean back and cross my arms and look at him for a minute. And I'm just going to, I think I'm going to change into my regular self.
2: Okay. So you lean back.
4: And I, I realize that I've been like he's found out. And I'm, yeah. I'm one that I'll just, you know, accept you, it and yeah. just whatever. I'll own up.
2: So you lean back and you let out like a sigh yeah. of resignation. <laughs> and then you release the Disguise self spell, which it was oh. getting pretty close to your time frame anyway.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Corey, you've already seen it. <laughs> I messed up your whole name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you look like, Misk, in your natural form?
4: What do you look like? I'm the same height. You know, the only thing that's different is everything. You know, my tail. Everything. <laughs> my eyes are golden. Okay.
3: Um, Sweet.
4: My skin is still, Tan-ish. you know, tan. My hair is black, though. So, and then you see my horns. But my horns aren't just sticking straight up. Uh-huh. You know, they kind of go back with my hair pretty well. Yeah. And, uh...
2: Same clothes and everything?
4: Yeah. A little more leather. Like, my leather, you know, when I was disguised, was kind of roughed up a little. But you could tell that my leather is very well kept and... Nice you know, very nice looking. Instead
0: of pleather, it's leather. Ooh. That's right,
4: <laughs> boy. That's right. It's like a reddish leather.
2: As she allows this transformation to take place, Saul, you're looking across the table at a figure that is different from the way you remember her. But without a doubt, it is your older and higher ranked sister. Oh! Misk. Hmm.
1: So... When she changes, he, uh, he just exhales all the smoke out of his lungs, just a cloud of it. I'm waving the smoke away.
2: <laughs> like, is he coughing? No, no, no. he's just, just letting it out? He's just,
1: like, exasperatedly blowing it out of his nose, and he goes, Well, I didn't think I would find you at all on this plane. How long have you been here? What are you doing here?
4: Okay, okay. Calm down. Listen, just take a step back for a second. I just really want to know why you decided to come up here. Why would you come up here? You acted like it was such a bad idea when I did, and then you're just going to come up here all of a sudden?
1: Acted like it was a bad idea.
4: Everyone did. I kind of ran away. But that is beside the point.
2: Kjorg, you're a little confused.
0: I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kjorg, oh my gosh. Listen,
4: Kjorg, is it just hold on a second and I'll explain whatever <laughs> whatever you want to know, I'll let you know.
1: So here I come to the natural plane to get away from our father, everything that is the nine hells, and literally when I step onto the dirt, the first person that saw me was my
2: sister. Oh fate is a fickle mistress. <laughs> 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 i don't know listen
4: i can't ex- i can't explain that I don't, I don't know why you would just come up from the nine hills and then be right here where i am and i was disguised and everything i don't know maybe you were supposed to i don't, I don't maybe you needed me
0: because i'm your new daddy on this plane
4: <laughs> George. <laughs> calm down hold on
0: he just glares at him Like, Saul would murder
1: Kjorg, except for the fact that Kjorg would probably murder Saul.
2: (laughs) Exactly, except he can't, right? Saul
1: does not know what's going on with his powers or his strength right now, so... Misk, I have trouble believing you. You were hiding who you were whenever I first arrived. So, what of this world? Is there adventure? That's what I came for. Adventure. Something new. Something fun. You can only fillet
0: so many orcs, you know? Hey... Or half orcs for that matter. <laughs>
4: or try to. <laughs>
0: Actually you can flay all the orcs you want to. Just not the half orcs.
4: Listen, here's the thing.
0: Why are they not worshipping you?
4: I didn't come for that. That's not that's not how things work up here. And I wish you would just get that
1: through your head. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> how things work up here. Nobility means nothing.
4: What who cares about that? There's money.
1: There's money. What is yes. this money?
4: Ooh, money? Listen, I come up here and, you know, I started I started disguising myself, walking around, figuring out the lay of the land, how things worked. I didn't jump in through, through a portal and just say, hey, everybody, worship me, like <laughs> you.
0: Got him. Yeah, we see how that turned out.
4: I got up here. I used my brain. And I've made a name for myself. A name. Me and Kjorg met. Ask the people here who will give them a show. Who will draw people in from anywhere. Me. Misk. Misk. And Kjorg. He's always there, too.
1: So money money is power here, huh? Is that how it works?
4: Oh, yeah. And right now, son, I got it.
1: Do you?
2: She says that, kind of smirking at you, Kjorg, leaning back, just listening, taking it all in. You hear the door open, and in comes walking three people. There's a scruffy-looking, not super scruffy, but kind of tough-looking character dressed in dark clothes with a dark green cape-slash-cloak. And between himself and a tall figure wearing nondescript clothing is a young lady who looks like she's been wounded. And, Kyorg you immediately recognize the one figure as the one who told you to meet him here.
0: Uh-huh. It's the one who told me to meet him here. What are you talking about? What is your meathead speaking about?
4: I don't know. That's why I just asked him, what are you talking I push,
0: about? Saw on the floor. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> as I get out of the booth.
0: He, he pushes me, and I stand up and get out of his way. <laughs> nice. I walk over to see what they're doing. What are you doing here? Is this guy, what are these, they're injured.
2: Oh, Kjorg. I see you took my offer, advice, to meet me here.
0: Yeah. I followed
4: Kjorg over there. Are these people okay?
2: Brackle, you look up and there is a half-orc saying there. You recognize him as the one that was whooping up on people earlier in the arena.
3: I recognize you. You're the one who was whooping up on people in the arena. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. oh my <laughs> god! <gosh. laughs> Brackle doesn't say anything. He's like... Trying to find a seat for Lelia.
2: Mm-hmm. You quickly find one, and after just a moment, the same young halfling woman that was waiting on them comes up, and she's like, Oh, Lelia, is she all right? And she's getting you anything you need. You inform her that you need some bandages. Immediately, they start getting some people working to get you all something for your wounds and such.
3: With that, bring me the strongest grog you've got. It's been that kind of day.
2: They're going <laughs> to hook you up. The tall gentleman stands there looking at you, Kjorg, and he says, I don't think we've properly met, and he stretches out a hand toward you, Misk. Hello. Am I wrong, or did you have a different sort of entire look earlier?
4: Yeah, sometimes I just have to uh, not be myself. I mean, look at me. (laughs) It's kind of scary. But who are you?
2: Well, I'm an interested philanthropist I don't know um let's just call me someone who's interested in uh, inciting change in the world I spoke with Keorg earlier about some possible business I might have for him and of course the way I understand it you two are a package deal oh yeah and I just encountered our friend Brackle here he says signaling to Brackle who kind of, probably just kind of cuts him an eye when he brings his name into the conversation yeah not not an angry eye just no. uh, just an interesting hungry
1: eye. ass Did they get up and go talk to him, or is he sitting at the table with us?
2: They got up and went and talked to him. Uh, Um,
0: I gave them your seat. You're
1: still standing at the table.
2: Are you stepping over there as well?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go and stand behind her and just kind of listen.
2: You hear all of this, and he looks over your way, and he says, Ah, you're the one who made such an entrance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a grand entrance until this half-orc decided to make it not so grand. Who are you, and what are your dealings with my sister?
2: Well, as I said, I am an interested party. One hoping to incite change, and perhaps enlist some adventurers.
1: Saul perks up at that.
2: Of course, I don't i don't know anything about you. Uh, what is your name?
1: Uh, you can call me Suttasaurus, Prince of the Nine Hells, and he gives a slight tip of his head, just a little, not like he was going to bow, just like a nod.
2: He kind of lifts his chin a little bit, and he says... Yes, I thought perhaps that was what had occurred in appearance of a tiefling right before our very eyes, straight from the Nine Hells. Yep. And what might have brought you to our humble plane? So far, I've not seen anything of your plane that
1: is humble. Here I am talking to yet another peasant.
3: Face is a peasant.
1: Didn't address me by my title. Walk up to me and my sister, both here, and people are commonly eating around here. Look at them. Look at them. Slurping, Sutsaris. laughing. What?
4: Calm down. Let's see what he has to say. And then you can tell him he's a peasant.
2: <laughs> or not.
0: <laughs>
4: or
2: not. <laughs> sure. Perhaps you're right, Satsaris, or is it Saul? For you, it's Satsaris. All right, Satsaris. I'm not sure I'm interested in hiring you at all to help in this situation, which will pay, what was it I said earlier, Kjorg?
0: 30 horses and a fence.
2: Yes, 30 horses and a fence.
0: We need that fence.
2: Worth of gold. We each. really do
0: need the fence.
2: He says, turning to Brackle, Brackle, I know that you've sustained some small injuries, but if you could recover soon enough, I would like to discuss the possibility of garnering your aid. You see, there are forces at work. At this moment... His speech is interrupted by the sound of a resounding explosion.
1: What? You
2: feel the walls shake. And everyone immediately stops. All the glasses in the room clink together. And there are screams and yells coming from outside. And the the man stops and turns, looking out the door. And then he faces the four of you. Well, perhaps this is your chance right now to show me if you're worth hiring. Boom. Saul walks out the front door.
4: I'm going to hastily run in front of Saul. Get out the door. I'm
0: going to run over Saul.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the worst. Me and Kjorg run around Saul. What
2: does Brackle do?
3: Brackle looks to Lelia and says, are you okay? Yes, I'm I'm fine. What was that? I don't know, but I don't like it. I am going to go check it out.
2: Are you sure, you, are you sure you're not too wounded?
3: I look down at my wounds and I say, my heart's beating, Good to go. Be
2: careful, Brackle. And she lays a hand on your shoulder.
0: What a man.
3: Yes.
2: I'll be careful. You chase out the door quickly. And that is actually where we're going to stop this episode. No!
1: Ah! But it's
2: just getting started. I want to do more. (laughs) We're at an hour and 12 minutes. We got to wrap it.
4: Wrap that present.
3: Can we do more, though?
2: And that's a good, I can wrap, wrap it. That's a good time to stop. We're Make Believe Heroes, and
3: we're here to say D&D is our
2: favorite game. Thank you all for listening. This has been the second episode of Season 2 of Make Believe Heroes. We hope that you have enjoyed it. If you have, you can let us know by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also send us a letter to letters at makebelieveheroes.com or tweet us at podcast also have a facebook page and a website makebeliefheroes.com. and of course any and all things that you do to help us out retweets spreading the word telling a friend is more than we could ever thank you for be sure to stick around after the music for a few more minutes of q a discussion where we answer the questions we did not get to in our q a wrap-up episode we love you so much we love you I'll see you next week bye Ma, bye bye i'll miss you bye So now for another Fireside Q&A chat discussion where we answer those questions that we did not have time to get to on the Q&A episode. So today I have the whole gang with me. It's a Fireside chat. He didn't kick us out. We get a steak. Woo! All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm know, leaving. there's some rabbit stew cooking over on the fire.
1: Oh, it's spy
2: soup. Spice soup. Uh, Sword of Truth. Oh, man. Spice spy soup. You've that. heard of that. Yeah. I about that. It's mm. been a minute. Nah. Remember when they ate Our people meat? Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh yeah. Yes.
2: So, how about this question that I think is a great question, I and mean, a couple of us have talked about it before in bonus episodes. But uh, this is from Easy Breezy One Two Three Z, and yeah, a very similar question submitted by He Likes My Ears. So, this is a doble. Yeah. What made you finally decide to create this parentheses amazing close parentheses podcast? Okay.
0: Which one asked this?
2: Both of them. Easy Breezy and He Likes My Ears asked this question. What m- We
0: made it because we liked their ears so much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we love Dungeons & Dragons, I think is the simplest answer, right? Yeah, probably. Yes. I, I, well, for
1: yeah. me and Paul in particular, sometimes Jeffrey... You know, we've Sometimes. attempted this. We've been recording us. Sometimes, Jeffrey, yeah, because anytime you say, hey, it's th- we're recording tonight or don't forget this time or whatever, Jeffrey's instant response is always, I'm not coming. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I won't be we there. I can't record tonight. I can't make I it. I won't be there. I won't be there. I can't, it, oh, my gosh. I hate Dungeons & Dragons. Every stinking time. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Every time. But we've, uh, we've been talking about this mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. When we first started playing D&D, we started halfway through... Uh, our our game, Trials of the Five, we started recording that with a cell phone in the floor. <laughs> yeah. Just so oh we could God. remember what happened. Yeah, just so we wouldn't lose it. And then it turned into let's get a mixer and start recording it with microphones. I mean, and there's hours upon hours of just garbage audio <laughs> from <trash>. the past. Absolute <laughs> trash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, never can be published. Audio <laughs> from the garbage audio from the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. We attempted it once. And got about six or seven episodes in, and life happened and dropped off. And we had this Branshire game. Paul had it going, and he had posted a few episodes on Turtle Jump. I had, and they're they're not there anymore. So don't go. You you should go look at look at Turtle Jump and listen to Paul and Alan <laughs> ramble on about gaming. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, definitely do that. Uh, but those episodes are now part of the canon yeah. of what is going to be the story of Mononumi, Numi. What's going to be the story of Make Believe Heroes? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just something we've always talked about, and you know, it's it's a God thing. Uh, the stars just kind of came together. Of hey, let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul had an availability to work on editing and invest some time in the podcast, and uh, we just said, okay, we're going to start on this date. And one thing after another, here we are. Yeah, I mean, we're what <laughs> thousands upon thousands of downloads. I was pulling up the analytics just a minute ago. Uh, you people. Subscribe to this, the ones that are doing the five star reviews, the ones that are going out and telling their friends, go listen to mbH you are doing uh, things that you know we didn't really think it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but it is, and it's phenomenal we're very thankful um it's a it's a life passion yeah uh, it's a dream come true, and uh, we're very excited just to continue it
2: uh hint hint, we're
1: already talking about making more podcasts yeah, be afraid
2: I mean I'm afraid w- yeah, you should be afraid. We we just really love D and D, and also we started playing. And there were these times when we would be playing D and D and stuff, and we would just be like, "Man, can you imagine if this was a D and D podcast? Like, I think people would enjoy this. That it would resonate with people. You know, this is an awesome story, or we've had so much fun. And just like all D and D players, you have those moments where you leave the table, and a year later, you're like, "Oh man, you remember that time? That Jeffrey that your mm-hmm. character rolled a natural 20 to disguise right. himself as a little tree and snuck around in a f- forest Still full of elves you know <laughs> stuff like that and we're like love that. I would love to have that not only where everyone could hear it but also especially now with I have a daughter she's about 15 months old and when she's you know 8, 9 and 10 years old I can let her listen to most of this she can listen to this podcast that we did that we made and I can make her do it even when she hates it <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but let's hope that's not the case no, I don't Hopefully
1: th- she's running games for us in a few yeah, years Yeah, that's
2: my plan You know, that I've got this thing that I can share And it's just a really cool, really awesome thing And I was inspired um, by some other shows People talking, you know uh, Sneak Attack is is one that I've mentioned before That was an inspiration um, Different things like that But I just it just came to a point where we were like Look, we're playing D&D Let's just put down some good microphones in front of us Record it see what happens and six months later we released the first episode of make believe heroes Of course, that's just the chronicle of this podcast like jeremy said we we had attempted in the past and things just didn't work out and finally they did so
3: here we are for me it was mainly just the voices told me i should right
2: yeah (laughs) and so after a while
3: i was like okay i guess i guess i should but no we set up or they set up at the start like we love dungeons and dragons And that's true. I just want to clarify separately. Like, I love dungeons and I love dragons. Uh, And I didn't realize that there was a way to put them together in such a holistic manner. And once they informed me that dungeons and dragons can happen, like, you can go into a dungeon and there's a dragon. Or you could be riding a dragon through a dungeon. Thank you. Oh, God. (laughs) Alan, I love you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. If I ever release a trailer for Make Believe Heroes again, like for season two, it's I'm just going to take Alan. that line. Nothing, No music, nothing. It's just it's just that line. Um, so, Felicia, what made you want to come on to our podcast to join us? The madness.
4: Well, you know, I'm crazy anyways, so I love madness. Right. Um, but I do love d and D. I I mean, we've played... I remember sitting in the floor in your old house, yeah, and playing with uh, like ten people.
2: Oh gosh, it was awful. And <laughs> you made us people. go through a dream,
4: and it scarred me for the rest. And that was of my a really life.
2: cool. It was a really cool session, though. That yeah. inspired episode twenty-four of VH. Uh, for sure.
4: I don't know. There was certain times that we played, and then one time we recorded some. Mm-hmm. Years ago, yeah, we
2: recorded those two and I thought I was like,
4: "Wow, this is so cool. We're recording something, putting mm-hmm. it online like that's crazy, and um, and then I listen- started listening to sneak attack at work and stuff, and I loved it. I mean, I didn't realize that I'd love listening to d and d as much as I do, like it just blew my mind, yeah. And then when you started yours, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be great" because I know them, mm-hmm. and just kind of having that, and then listening to the way that these guys play their characters is great. Yeah. And then I, I get to be on the show, so yeah.
2: and we're excited about all. I'm that really that's excited got for us. about it. So <laughs>
4: I love D and D, and I love just making up story. I mean, I'm a total nerd.
2: Yeah, we all are.
4: Yeah. So I mean, this is great.
2: Yeah. If you're thinking about making a podcast, you should. You should just, you know, do the work, put it together, make it what you want it to be, and just get that thing done. You know,
3: in the words of Shia LaBeouf and Naki, "Just do it." <laughs> just do it. <laughs> oh God,
4: Shia LaBeouf.
2: Hey Jeffrey, yeah. What made you want to uh, start a D and D podcast with us?
0: Uh, I didn't really want to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so glad
1: I asked you. I mean I really don't think he's lying. I think he's serious. <laughs>